everybody has a testimony, amen. But the testimony that we're talking about this morning is the testimony of Jesus when he has brought us all from death to life. So let's stand together. Let's give God his glory this morning.
Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Let's praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. We've come into his presence with singing, just the way the Bible says we should. And I love that song. Our testimony is so important. And Satan wants us to think that he's running this world right now. He's trying to fill it with terror. But you know, God is still in control. Amen. If you believe that, would you say amen? God is in control, brothers and sisters. And he can't do anything. Satan can't do anything that God doesn't allow. But we just have to trust God and believe that he means to do us good. And that will be the ultimate outcome. Amen. And just a little reminder that God is still running this world. Psalm 24 makes that so very clear to us. It says that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the worlds and they that dwell therein. For God has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Saying, who shall ascend unto my holy hill? Who shall come into my holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart was not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. That person shall receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from the God of our salvation. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a wonderful privilege of God? Jesus gave his blood so that we can say we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Remind yourself of that. Remind others that God is still in control. Amen. Let us go before our wonderful Lord, our God, our Father, in humble prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, O God, for reminding us that we have nothing to fear, that you are in control. And Lord, we just have to trust you. You gave us a sound mind, dear God. You gave us power from on high. You did not give us a spirit of fear. We love you, Lord. We trust you. We thank you that we are yours and that you are ours. You're our precious Father, Abba Father. And like a little child, we trust you implicitly. Order our steps, O God, according to your word, your will, and your good pleasure for our lives in this world. Help us to trust you. Help us to make priority with you daily our most important desire to spend time with you from the beginning of the day like we're doing right now to the end of it trusting you our hand in your unchanging hand father god we ask that you bless everybody who is here today those who are home those who are watching over the internet wherever they may be it could be on their little handheld devices on a subway somewhere going through new york city wherever bless them dear god let them receive a precious anointing from hearing the word of god preached today the, the, the music that you love so much, O oh Lord, that you said ushers in your presence. We ask, dear God, that you would strengthen us here, here in America especially. Help us, dear God. We need you so much. You said, in the day of trouble, call upon me, and I will hearken unto you, and I will save you. And then you will go and glorify me. We glorify you right now, Father. And we give you honor. We give you all the glory. For you alone are worthy. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated.
Hey, CTC family. I'm Bill, and here's this week's news. Face the Facts is a community-based organization that seeks to support people in need for all aspects of addiction and recovery, for both the addicts and the families. Now through March 25th, our church is participating in an effort to gather items to pass along to these families. We'll be collecting toiletries, hygiene products, bottled water, and non-perishable snacks. For more information, contact Lynn Poindexter at lpoindexter at ctcde.church. Our life groups are still meeting together, even in the middle of COVID. Some meet virtually, and some meet in person. On March 24th, our Wednesday morning prayer group will begin meeting again in person at the Bear Campus at 7 a.m. each week. There is no need to sign up for this group. Just show up and join us for prayer in the sanctuary. Contact Tim Slagle or Chrissy Carroll for more information. We are really excited about our online campus. Week after week, we see hundreds of you worshiping with us online. And with the Move to Church Online platform, it gives us so many ways for you to connect with us and us with you. One thing we have observed is that some who are requesting prayer are not joining the host in the private prayer chat. That chat is designed to be completely private and secure. There is no one else monitoring that. When you click on the Request Prayer button, a new chat window will open for you in this column and you can immediately begin chatting with one of our hosts. When you have finished praying together, you can click the Leave button to be returned to the public chat. Any information shared is kept strictly confidential. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church or if you're worshiping online, you can click the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. What a wonderful day to be in the presence of the Lord. Are you happy to be here? I'm happy to be here. If you're in this room or if you're with us online, we're glad that you're here. You know, we always want to find ways to connect with each of you. So if you're in the room, on your table or at your chair, you'll see a connect card. And that connect gives you the opportunity to write your name as well as the names of anyone else who's worshiping with you today and you may also list a prayer concern on the connect card if you're online there is a connect tab and press that tab and you'll be able to do the same thing online also if you're new here we ask that you stop by the welcome center that's outside of the celebration room on your left at the end of service, and one of our pastoral care members will meet with you and greet you and make you feel more welcome. If you're new here and you're watching online, there's a new here tab that you can also click, and we will be sure to reach out to you after the service is over. You know, one thing I like about giving back to God, some of what he's given to me as we transition into this time of giving, it seems like no matter how much I give or how much time I spend 
trying to do the will of God, I can never outgive God. And that's a biblical truth. You know, so as we enter our time of worship, on your table you will find, or on your chair, you'll find an envelope where you can give back to God a portion of what he's given to you. You may also list on that on this card prayer concerns. As Pastor Bill said in the announcements just a few minutes ago, we take prayer very seriously. Not only do we will we begin meeting in person at 7 a.m. on the 24th of March, we currently meet on Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. to pray for people's prayer request. God honors our prayers. He hears our prayers, and he's concerned about every detail in our lives. You know that? That's important. So if you're online and you'd like to give, there is a tab for giving. You may click it to give one time or recurring, however the Lord leads. So I ask now that you stand with me as we pray for the offering. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this beautiful day that you've awakened us to see. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. Father God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you. And we adore you. And as we give back to you a measure of what you've given to us, please use these gifts for the building of your kingdom. Father God, let them be tangible effects on our community, locally, and to the missions that we give that we support abroad. It's important that we do this, Father, because we know that we are your hands and feet on earth and that through the works that we do, people will be led to you. So we thank you, Father, for giving us the opportunity to give back to you. And we ask that though they be pressed down, shaken together, that, Father, when they are released, that they do your work. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So please remain standing as the praise team leads us in worship.
the Bible says, mercy in our times of need. Let us go before the Lord today, brothers and sisters. Whatever might be on your heart, let's give it to him right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just love you so much. We're so glad that you never slumber, nor do you sleep, that you're always there, eager, ready to hear our prayers. Lord, 
We want to thank you for caring about us. We want to thank you for supplying all of our needs according to your riches and glory in your son, Christ Jesus. Father, we ask right now that you will bless our pastor. Bless Pastor Roger, dear God, as you've never blessed him before. He has practiced his message. We heard it last night. It was awesome. And Lord, we're asking for another anointing. Give him a double anointing, dear God, to bring that word again today. And whatever else you might want to add on to it, the way you do with him, that's all right. If he takes us back to the farm or wherever we might wind up, it's all good. It always blesses us. Use him mightily. Bless him accordingly, dear God. Amen, First Lady Carolyn. We thank you for them, O oh Lord. We thank you for blessing Christ the Cornerstone Church of him, as well as Pastor Sharon. Use them, dear God. Open the windows of our understanding and the eyes of our heart. We need to hear what thus saith the Lord today. We thank you for your wonderful word. As you said, it is beneficial to us. Help us, dear God, to take it all in, to not take it lightly, and to be blessed by the knowledge of it and in the doing of it. We ask this humbly in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. And would you say amen? Thank you, God. everyone. It's great to have you here with us this morning and good to see all of you uh, who showed up in the room today. It's a blessed day. I thank God every morning when I see the sun shine. Uh, I, I know that God is there. I know the sun is there, but I don't always see it shining. And I'm always glad when it does. Aren't you? Man, do I need that sunshine to help me get up in the morning. You've probably heard this saying, it's hard to be humble, right? Especially when you're as great as Pastor Vaughn is. <laughs> so it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. Uh, you know, those things. We're talking about humility this morning. And uh, we're following our series from the inside out. Messages on the stories and the teachings that Jesus gave at the Sermon on the Mount. I want you to picture this. Picture the crowd that was there that, that day. A mixture of people. Some of them were people who had made a decision to follow Jesus. They wanted to follow him uh, wherever he was doing. They were interested in learning what Jesus was, was doing and how he was living. Some of them were just curious they didn't know who this man was, but they see him doing certain things and they're wondering, OK, what is this man going to do next? And I'm curious. I want to learn more about this man. There were women in the crowd who were carrying their children and they were caring for their children. There were people in the crowd who were sick, wondering or perhaps having heard that I heard that this man can heal. 
What does that mean and how can I experience that in my life? There were people there who were extremely rich and they didn't need anything from Jesus, but maybe they had influence in the community. And so they came to Jesus and they wanted to know, who is this man? How can he influence my life? What's this guy up to? What difference is he going to make in our community? Maybe they're leaders in the community and they need to they need to know what's going on so that they don't. Uh, so if they need to cor- give some correction or some things happening in the town that they don't like. And they want to be aware of what's happening. There are all kinds of people in the crowd. There are well-dressed religious leaders. And then there are people who have just rags on and barely any clothes that they've that they've got. There are all kinds of people in the crowd that day as Jesus stepped up onto the mountain and began to teach them how to live the way that God teaches us to live. It was a crowd just like this crowd, just like you, just like us. All kinds of different people were there that day. All of them Seeking something, seeking God's love, seeking God's blessing. And these are the words that Jesus begins his teaching with. Blessed. Blessed are. Blessed are those. It's important for us to understand and hear this first word in each of these sayings. They are blessed. In other words, What Jesus is teaching us is how do we receive the blessing from God? How does God give blessing to his people? And the first thing, as we as we talked about two weeks ago, blessed are those who realize they need God. You want a blessed life? It doesn't come from standing and grabbing a blessing off the shelf of the church. (laughs) It comes from realizing I need God in my life. That's where the blessing begins. Blessed are those who realize their need of God, for theirs is the kingdom of God. And then last week we talked about blessed. Again, another source of the blessing. Blessed are those who mourn. Nobody wants to mourn. We talked about that last week. And we talked about how this is a this, these beatitudes are a process. Blessed are those who realize their need for God, because when we realize our need for God, we're going to realize how much we have missed God. And we're going to begin to mourn that. Oh, God, I'm so sorry I missed your blessing. And so blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And then this week we get to this one. Blessed are those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, we often use the New Living Translation, which is the translation of this this particular passage. It's the translation of the Bibles that we used to have before COVID on the tables, and hopefully someday we'll bring them back out so you can use them. But the the New Living Translation says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. Now, if you if you if you've read the Bible several times and this is this is not um, unfamiliar to you. You probably heard it this way. God blesses those who are meek. So humble and meek are synonyms. We use the word humble in our language more often than we use the word meek. But I think in this particular verse, the word meek 
brings to it a different kind of understanding. I mean, there's a reason that these translators chose the word humble. The reason is because it's a more common word in our English language than the word meek. Because most of the time in our language, when we hear the word meek, we think weak. And I got really weak when I said that. (laughs) Something happened in my throat. When we hear the word meek, we tend to think meek is weak. We don't want to be weak, so why do I want to be meek? But we need to understand what Jesus is saying in this passage when he uses the word humble or, in other translations, the word meek. So I want us to work on this definition of the word meek. Meek is not weak. But let's define meek as great power under great control. Say that with me. Great power under great control. Meek does not mean weak. Neither does humble. Humble does not mean weak. Instead, Jesus is saying, blessed are those who take their own powers and God gives each one of us powers. Just because God created you, you have power. Our children learn that very quickly, don't they? <laughs> what do you need, dear? There's power. A temper tantrum is a child realizing I've got power and I want something and I'm going to use my power to get it. And as we grow up, we learn we we learn different ways of exerting our power with and over other people, don't we? So God never takes our individual power away from us. But Jesus is saying, blessed are you when you're able to take that great power, those great abilities that I have given you, and they come under control. They become focused. So let's talk about some examples of what it means to be meek. See if I got on my keychain. I got an itty bitty. I have some farm stories to tell about uh, jackknives, pocket knives, whatever you want to call it. But this is a tiny little pocket knife. This one actually is in my pocket. Oh, here's a silly little story. This is a, this is really the reason why I carry a pocket knife. I was in a in a class in in seminary and. There was a group of guys. It was a lunch group that met and we talked and we prayed together and we shared life together. And there was a girl there from Texas. And that girl was in the group and and she was, I don't know, she needed a pocket knife to do something. She, she was from Texas. She didn't tap the guy next to her. She punched the guy next to her and said, give me your pocket knife. I need a pocket knife. And that guy wasn't from Texas. And he said, I don't have a pocket knife. What do, you, what, what do you mean? And the girl from Texas said, you don't have a pocket knife? What kind of a man are you? <laughs> the very next week, when everybody gathered for that group again, every guy had a pocket knife. <laughs> but, but this little itty bitty pocket knife is not that strong. It's an old knife. I sharpen it every now and then, but I'm not a great knife sharpener, so it's not that much. But let's think about the, the scalpel blade of a surgeon. 
and how powerful that little blade is. And I can invite somebody up here and we could get this knife out or if you had a scalpel and we could just go at each other like this and, and you, we, could, we could really do some damage with each other, right? If we're uncontrolled with that great force and that great power, we're going to take away life. We're going to hurt some people. Jesus is saying, blessed are those who are meek. Those who have great power and understand their power, but they're able to get it under control and to focus it. So what happens when the surgeon gets that great power? What happens when the surgeon gets all that intelligence, the power of knowledge? What happens when the surgeon takes the power of, of his hand muscle and, the, and the, that God gave that surgeon the ability to carve and shape and dig in? And to take out the cancerous tumor or to close up the wound, that great power is focused in order to give and bring life instead of destroy and take life. Jesus says, blessed are those who are meek. Let's think of another. Let's do another example. I've asked Nathan if he would come up and help me with this one. So this is remember, what's the definition of meek? Definition of meek that we're working with is with is great power. Under great control, we're going to go stand on the other side, Nathan. I got these two little baskets here right over here, and I've got some eh, some little. Foam ball blasters, Nerf guns. Can I say the word gun? All right. So Nathan and I are going to have a little contest. We got power in inside these these guns, and we're going to pump them, and we're going to shoot the balls over into the basket. We're going to see who can who can be the most meek. And meek, remember, great power under great control. What are you laughing at? <laughs> Great power. So we're going to see who can get the most balls in our basket. You go, you're shooting for the one on the right, and we're shooting. Let's, let's go a little closer. Okay, that's, that's good. All right, so we've got to pump them. Remember how we practiced this, and so you've got, you got to pump it good, and we're going to aim it so that it goes into the basket. And whoever, whoever gets the most in, that'll prove who's got the most control, the most, our most power in uh, uh, force under the most control. Are you ready? I'm going to count to three. One, two, three, go. Hey! How you doing? Oh, you still got some. Hey! <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't practice that part. I just scared him to death. <laughs> so who had, who had the most control in, in that exercise, you or me? <laughs> and who got, did I get any or, any of my orange balls in a basket? No. I wish I had a prize for you. I still I feel like I still got one stuck in here. There it goes. All righty. Thank you, Nathan, for helping us make an illustration. Meek. I was not meek in that experience, and I did it on purpose to make the illustration that God has given each one of us great power in our lives. How do we get it under control? 
And under whose control is our power? Jesus said, blessed are those who are meek, for you will inherit the whole earth. I have one more illustration about meekness. And this is a video that we're going to play. And it's a video of the Outback Wrangler. It's a show on National Geographic. And the Outback Wrangler is a a guy from Australia who does shows about wild animals and things like that. And in this video, he is breaking in a wild horse. So you're going to watch this process of this horse being broken his the horse's will gets broken into the will of the to the will of the trainer. Why? Not so that we can dominate the horse and be mean to the horse, but because the horse has such great power that it is useful for other good things. And so but in order for that force, that great strength to get used to bring life to other people, to help other people. There has to be a relationship and some cooperation between the trainer and the horse. So let's watch this video. But wait, wait a minute. No, don't push. Go yet. Here's the assignment. As you watch this video, I want you to maybe jot down or make some observations about the process that this horse goes through as it is being humbled. Okay? so watch this video. This big fella was the leader of the first mob we brought in. We're calling him Lightning. This is when you really need to read the animal. To avoid a kick in the head. Or getting hung up in the ropes. It's easy to forget that these animals are wild. Hey, whoa. Whoa. Whoa there. Whoa there. So this was the main buck, the stallion, and one of the mobs that we brought in. Definitely is the proud one of the of all the horses and the hardest to break in. But he's quiet now and he's learning to trust us. From here we want to get a saddle on him. And try and ride him. Off him now. You're right, mate. You're right. Clancy will work with him now. Well, I'll start breaking in the next one. Because we've got so many horses to get through in a short period of time, we're, we're sort of bringing them through one person's leading them and... And just getting a hold on, and once they get into here, we're putting the saddle on them. Come on, settle down. It's all right, mate. Well, I've been riding stock horses since I was six, and breaking them in since my teens. At this stage, my job is giving them the first ride. It's not the most comfortable ride to get started. Yeah, I'd like to give it a go, but you can see it'll be pretty dangerous pretty quickly.
right? It's okay, Nash. I better get back on and try again. It's pretty awesome. It's an amazing process. What, what did you observe about the process of that horse breaking in? If you're here in the room, go ahead and call out some. If you're online, go ahead and post some words, that you, something that you observed about the process of that horse's will being uh, limited and, and focused. Any thoughts? What did you see happening in that? Had to wear him down. Yeah, what else? There's a lot of fight before the submitting. Yep. Anything else? The, the, trainer, the, the trainer had kindness in, in the process. The trainer understood that this is a difficult process and it's going to be extremely uncomfortable for the horse. Do you think the trainer was always comfortable? So, so this disciplining process, this humbling process is not only difficult for the one being humbled, it's also can be difficult for the one doing the teaching, doing, giving the discipline and helping to focus that thing. That's great, good, good, all good observations. And, uh, if I was online, I would, you know, having some conversation, but if you are online, go ahead and have some conversation about, uh, what's happening in that process. As we continue. Yeah, there's a struggle between the trainer and the horse. It looked to me as if the horse was fighting. Maybe the horse was reacting more than necessarily fighting, reacting with fear. The horse didn't trust the trainer and the trainer, the trainer even understood that the horse doesn't trust me. And so the horse is reacting without trust. I think in our relationships with human beings, with one another, we react that way, too. And what might look like fighting with one another just might be distrust. And it's not that we don't like each other. It's that we don't know each other. We don't understand what each other is doing. And we need to be humble in order to do that. Do you think the trainer also needed to be humble? The trainer had great power also. The trainer was the one trying to focus the the power of the horse. So the trainer also needed to be humble. And if we think about this verse, Jesus saying those who are meek will inherit the earth. What was the outcome for the trainer? It's not that he was just dominating the horse, but he was establishing a relationship with the horse so that together they could do greater things together. And so it's not just about domination. It's about working Together and doing great things. It does look painful. To me, it looked hot and dirty. (laughs) And having been on a farm many times, farm work is often hot and dirty. Not the only hot and dirty work. But even the trainer was sweating. The trainer was in danger at times, getting bucked off that one horse. But did you notice last night as we showed this video, somebody quickly observed that the horse knelt down. When I first watched this, I totally missed that that observation. Of course, I saw it as the horse getting tripped up by the rope and falling down rather than choosing to kneel down. But Pastor Vaughn and I were talking this morning and how how if we're going to be humbled, we have to get down on our knees. (laughs) Does it matter how you get down on your knees? Sometimes we choose to get down on our knees and sometimes life trips us up and puts us on our knees. Either way, we're down on our knees. Remember the first beatitude, blessed are those 
who realize their need for God. Some of us don't realize our need for God until life trips us up. We find ourselves on our knees. And then we say, oh, God, I need you. Oh, God, I messed up my life. And there's the morning, beatitude number two. And then beatitude number three comes into play. Blessed are those who are humble and meek, for they will inherit the kingdom of God. No, they will inherit the whole earth. And, and both, and, and this trainer is going to get the ability to use the power, to harness the power of this horse. We learn humility by letting control of our lives to God. And here's an interesting thing about humility. As we give ourselves, um, as we give ourselves over to God's will, we choose to give our will to God. It's a choice. We don't have to do that. And so God is not forcing us to give over our life. So God is not dominating us, but God has created us to live life with God so that the power that God has given to us, coupled with the power and the ability that God has, expands our human abilities beyond what we can do just on our own human strength. I think this is what Jesus is teaching. Because there's more to this world than just this world. And we can't get that world on our own human efforts. We need God to do that. Think of, so we learn humility by giving up control of our own life and surrendering it to the greater power of God. The greater purpose of God in our lives. Here's a verse that probably will be familiar to you. It comes from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. And God is saying to his people, then if my people who are called by my name, if you know this, will humble themselves and pray and seek and turn. <laughs> we, we, in America, we've quoted this many times at political gatherings or at certain places. And we often stop if, if with that first phrase, then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, and we stop there. But that's not the end of the verse. There are four things that need to happen before the consequence comes. Humble, pray, seek, and turn. These are actions. These are not emotions. These are not thoughts. These are not feelings. These are actions. If my people who are called by my name, anybody that says I am Christian is, is taking the name of God and placing it on them. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, seek, oh God, I need you, turn from their wicked ways. We've got to stop doing the wicked things that we've been doing. Then God will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and restore their land. That word land is significant. Again, as we come back to Matthew, again, the second part of it says, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are humble and meek, for they will inherit the earth, the whole earth. Now, 
This is very similar to the first beatitude that says, blessed are those who recognize their need of God, for they will, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Do you think that the whole earth is part of the kingdom of God? <laughs> I do. So this is kind of a parallel thought to the first beatitude. But there's a reason that this says earth and the first one says kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, because this literally refers to the land. This is this this is this this is like the trainer in the horse. Once the horse gets down, the trainer then is able to come up to that horse and stroke the horse's neck. And give comfort to that horse and talk to that horse in a very gentle way and say, I'm not going to harm you, but we're going to be stronger together. This is what God wants to do with us. This is what Jesus is teaching us. It says, blessed are those who humble themselves, literally means inherit, means occupy the land. Now, the clear point is here, Jesus is making a spiritual point that we will receive what God has for us. And this phrase, inherit the land, is confounding to the wisdom of the world. You're going you're gonna to inherit the land by being meek? Are you kidding me? That's not how you get more stuff. That's not how you win control. You have to beat it out of people. You have to force it out of people. But Jesus is saying, blessed are the meek, the humble. Rather, following the follower of Jesus wins because he or she is, has surrendered their will to the will of God. We're not emptied when we surrender ourselves to God. He doesn't take our power. The trainer of that horse didn't take any strength away from that horse. If the horse got tired, that was not the goal of the trainer to make the horse tired. The, the goal of the trainer was to focus the power and the energy that that horse had. So God wants to focus your own power and energy in a way that is pleasing and right for God. Because that's the right way that God created us to live. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 20, 25, If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. Psalm 37, verse 11 says, The lowly possess the land and will live in peace and prosperity. The who? (laughs) The lowly. This word lowly is the same as humble and meek. Humble yourselves and you will possess the land this phrase possess the land is the same phrase that Jesus used when he says you will occupy the land you will inherit the whole earth and Jesus is clearly alluding to this psalm when he says this beatitude being humble then is often humiliating there's no way to be humble without being humiliated so when you go through when you make a mistake when you get chastised by somebody and you're humbled, thank God. When you're humiliated, thank God, because it is an opportunity for you to soon inherit the whole earth. Here's some questions and some prayers as we take communion this morning and we think about Jesus letting go of his own life, 
surrendering it to the will of his father, giving up his life for you and for me. Jesus gave it up. So here's as we prepare to take communion this morning, there are a couple questions that I have or thoughts to think about as we pray. Would you be willing to pray a prayer that went something like this? Lord, would you show me in these next few moments how or where this past week I need to be more humble? Are you brave enough to ask God that kind of question? Lord, humble me. Maybe God is already putting in your mind a a conversation you had with somebody this past week and God, is, there's that little knot in your stomach or something that's saying, to you, okay, I wasn't very humble. Can you confess that to God while we pray and just say, God, I'm sorry. I don't know always how to be humble and meek. And I need you to train me, to teach me. Can you say thank you, God, for that opportunity? And when I get another opportunity... To exert my power, which you gave me, God, thank you for the intelligence. Thank you for the money. Thank you for the information. Thank you for the affluence that I have. Because it's all part of power. Thank you for all these things, God. But help me use them to bring life to the people around me instead of take it and keep it for myself. Blessed are those who are humble and meek. For they shall inherit the whole earth. Let's pray together as we prepare to receive the sacrament this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you, Jesus, for your word which you give to us. And in these moments, we have an opportunity to pray to you. Maybe if you're online, maybe you want to ask for some prayer, make a comment, fill out a connect card. Maybe you're deciding, God, I know that I have lived my life according to my own will and I have resisted listening to you, God, because I thought I don't want to go you God's way. I want to do it my way because my way is right. But God, you're not asking us to give up ourselves. You're asking us to let you shape us. You are the potter. We are the clay. So do do in my life, God, what you want to do in my life. And we thank you, God, for that. On this occasion today, God, we remember Jesus. As he was with his disciples that night in the upper room when he knew that he was dying and the suffering that he would endure, he did not want to die. None of us wants to die. We want to live and we want to live life. We want to live it abundantly. Jesus understood that he would have to die so that you could raise him from the grave in order that the rest of us could have life. So when Jesus was with his disciples, he took that bread. He gave thanks to you. He broke the bread and he gave it to his disciples and he said, Take, eat, this is my body. I'm giving it for you. I'm breaking my body so that you can have life. When the supper was over, he took the cup, lifted it and said, Thank you, God. He said to his disciples, this is my blood being poured out for you so that you can have the blood of life forever. I imagine the disciples had no clue what he was talking about. And maybe some of us don't either. 
We do not deny what you're doing and what you have done in Jesus. We thank you, God. And we give ourselves, we trust you with it. And we thank you, God, for what you've done. We ask you to pour your Holy Spirit upon us on these gifts that we receive today, this gift of juice and bread. We thank you for them. May it truly be your nourishing life that you give to us through Jesus our Lord, in whose name we pray together. Amen. I want us to say the Apostles' Creed, if you're willing to to do that today, we'll have the words on the screen, the Apostles' Creed. Let's say this together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. If you're here in the room, uh, you have a, a communion cup and a, it's got a wafer on top. I invite you. We have gluten-free cups here. Uh, Carolyn is going to come and, and hand those out. If you need a gluten-free cup, just get Carolyn's attention. Raise your hand and she'll bring a gluten-free wafer and gluten-free cup to you uh, if you would like one. I'm back here, Carolyn. If you want to do that, go ahead and peel the. If you're at home, go ahead. If, if you gathered some bread and some juice or wine or whatever, and uh, serve one another. If you've got more than one people in the house, or if you're by yourself, Lord bless you. <laughs> you can receive this as well as a sign. Let's take the bread and let's eat and give thanks to God. And we receive the cup the cup of life, the cup of over which Jesus gave thanks. Let's receive and drink and be thankful. Jesus, we thank you for this gift in which you have given yourself to us. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your comforting presence in our lives. Shape us, change us, train us. Thank you that you created each one of us unique with our own powers, with our own abilities. We know, God, that you want to use those for good. We trust you with ourselves. And so we listen to you. We want to be guided by you every day of our life. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. I want to invite you, if you're here in the room, let's stand together as the team leads us in a, in a, in a final song. If you're online, please uh, sing with us and continue. If you want to fill out, again, the prayer card or connect card, please do so and you can leave them here in the room as you leave the door you'll go through the doors let's stand together if you're able as we sing
Thank you all for being here today. God loves you. We love you. We're so glad that you're here. Go be blessed. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Have a great day. We'll see you next week.